When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 582. Going to uh, recap week two in Fab, which is uh, a fun one. You're going to hear the name Chris Bubik a lot and wonder why. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of recent news because if you didn't get a good shortstop or a.k.a. a healthy shortstop, T's and P's to your fantasy team and much, much more. So to help me break all this fun stuff down, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, uh, he's been doing amazing work. He doesn't want me to probably do say this stuff, but I've even texted him that I think his stuff is outstanding right now. He does live streams like three to four times a week, turns those into podcasts, which works for me in my vehicle. He does a ton of written content at The Athletic, and more importantly for us, a game of the edge fantasy. So go join the Patreon over there at patreon.com, uh, GTE Fantasy. Uh, so go check that out and just much, much more. He's a character, but he's a great guy. He's a friend of mine. You can find him on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. Mike Curlin, how are we doing, my friend? I'm just flattered you call me a friend, Bubba. <laughs> After all we've been even, through. After all we've been through, like you call that. me a friend? Oh, Yeah, uh-huh. no, they, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always fun to get on here and chop it up. Yep. Uh, yeah, just let's we, we can talk some baseball, man. You know, everything we talked like 30 minutes about baseball before we even started, just because it's all up here, man. Yep, <laughs> so yep. much going on. Yeah, all the cutting room floor stuff that, that was what you guys really wanted to hear right there because we got to the brain of Michael Curlin, which maybe, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we didn't want that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I know what you're up to. Why don't you let the people know what you're up to? Because I, I mentioned like your streams and everything else, you've been, you've been keeping it busy. Uh, really, really, really good stuff, too. So what I've been doing for GT Fantasy, which you mentioned the Patreon. So every day I've been trying to do a savant uh, write up, just a little bit of a recap. Not so much now. We're not getting a lot of you know the velocity start. Everything's starting to settle. So what, what I've been doing is I'm looking at these players. I'm like, okay, they've been effective. Then I'll go. I'm like, all right. I've noticed like I mean I know I'm not alone. I'm sure others have. But I've noticed like four or five, six different pitch mixes, like changes for pitchers. I'm like, all right, cool. So we're we're noting this stuff. We're watching it. I'm making a point to monitor it. But that goes along with you know playing time trends, platoon trends injuries who's up next uh deep league stuff and you know just players trending up trending down in terms of overall performance that's just some of the stuff we're covering pretty much on a daily basis right now um and i, I take some of that and you mentioned the live streams what i do is i kind of tease it you know I, I, like i said i'm putting out content every single day for patreon but i'll take a, a few of the major notes 
do the uh, live streams on the of course it's gaining the edge youtube go figure youtube.com slash at gte fantasy very simple gte three letters you'll find pretty much you most of our work here Bobo. but uh yep. that's where i'm putting out uh, the the live streams if you're interested in watching i do use visuals i go through uh fan graphs pages and savant pages to show people the information for those watching but otherwise like you mentioned i do put it on the podcast the base load podcast feed so you can listen to it as well um the athletic once every three weeks i kind of do a all together article of just lineups coverage so every three weeks they get to pretty much see what we cover non-stop and your boy rowdy tillage just went deep by the way thank you sweet baby jesus there we go <laughs> i've been waiting for one of those i've been calling for it god it's beautiful that's what i'm talking about perfect timing willie adamas yeah. and rowdy in the same game ah, it's meant to be curlin it's meant to be um we'll go look at our standings when this is over to see how that that affected things <laughs> No, um, no, I don't have Rowdy on my on that team. Like I'm watching closely already on April 11th. <laughs> that means nothing in like a month from now. God, standings um, too good, too good. But all right, it's a uh, it's a crazy world of news out there in baseball right now. So before we get into the OC talk, and we're gonna miss a lot of the news. We're gonna hit on everything because there's just too much of it right now. But um, we'll start with Zach Eflin. This is where the day started. Seemed like this was the <laughs> gonna be the big one. Um, Zach Eflin goes to the IL with a back tightness, lower back tightness, which is never great to hear here because that can just always pop up at any given moment. Uh, but that got us good old Taj Bradley getting the call for the Rays, one of the top pitching prospects in all the baseball, let alone the Rays farm system. Great uh, season in double A last year. I made one start in triple A this year. I'm not a big prospect guy. I'm always like hesitant on just running after prospects, especially pitchers when they make the jump. But what's your thoughts on Taj Bradley, who I believe is starting on Wednesday this week? So Bradley, we all know, is that ceiling play. No one's arguing the potential there. The Rays are the Rays for a reason when it comes to and, – and if you know the Rays, you know them for their pitching prospects or their, their, their overall player development. So with all that said, I still am kind of – I'm kind of fading it <laughs> just because I think it's a short-term thing. I think Thank people you. are going to go out there and blow a ton of fab. But you have, I mean, Eflin's back. It's a back issue. So what Eflin could do the minimum stay, maybe three weeks, get you know, get a rehab start or two in, and then you have um, what's his face returning, returning Glass soon now. too. Glass now, thank you. Yep. Yep. He's returning he's soon too, so. today too. So yeah, he's coming back. So you you might get. I mean, don't get me wrong. Injuries, other injuries will pop up. But how built up is Bradley as well? We don't know how. I mean, he did just pitch seven innings. You got to think that maybe he'll get to at least five and up at the major league level, but. Rookie struggles, uh, slow starts, the way pitching has been this year. Can we suddenly assume that Bradley's going to come up and just dominate Major League Pitching? And as you've mentioned, um, between AAA in 2022 and then his one start – sorry, he's oh, he started two games already and shows two games started for seven innings okay. pitched in, in AAA. So, yeah, are we sure his pitch count is even up there? You know what I mean? I thought it was one. I still realize it's two. I can't count. <laughs> but uh, I guess the point being, though, mostly is the fact that we haven't really seen him have that – upper like that that high tier of success in the minors in the upper minors in triple a because like even even in 22 like as we mentioned the strikeouts dipped and then the era was you know high threes but under underlying indicators suggest he was more of a mid four pitcher and then bradley this year again we can't base anything off seven innings but we saw the strikeouts improve which is good we you know you want to see the strikeout rate get back to what it was prior to his first taste of the triple a but um, I don't expect the leash to be long. Again, seven innings and two starts. What is he built up for? What is Bradley going to come in and do? Is he gonna, If he follows a starter, great. But if not, then he could be a th- four or five. Like I said, you're hoping for five innings, but maybe more of a four-inning guy. Uh, and again, it goes back to, what, maybe a month? Maybe a month and a half. Six weeks would probably be best-case scenario, I would think. And even then, like, I just, I don't know. 
I don't want to take a, I don't think this is where I want to put my risk. It's a long window way of saying I'm out yeah. at, at, right now. If this was like a midsummer call up, I'd be way more in. 100%. That, you nailed the thing. It's like, okay, if Eflin, if it's just a minor injury, so he misses two or three starts, okay. So you're, how much are you paying for Bradley for two or three starts? And you're not even getting this first start if you're in the NFPC. Like other leagues, you can pick him up. That happened in the, the Discord. Guys are, by the time they asked us the question, the guy was already picked up. So I hate <laughs> leagues like that to begin with. Like that's just ridiculous. But um, people are going to go flying for him, and I get it. Like certain prospect guys who we like, like Cross and a lot of them, they were all jazzed up about it. Yes, it's fun to see him up, but you nailed a lot of things I'm concerned about in fantasy is what are his innings looking like? How long is he going to be up there for? There's a lot of what-ifs in the way there, and he's going to go for a pretty penny come Sunday. So part of me, Kerlin, is really hoping he just dominates his first start and people will just spend all kinds of cash to uh, add them, him to their team, especially with the way pitching is so depleted right now. I'd be really, really excited to uh, see that scenario take place. Oh, yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. where I'm at with you. Um, I, I didn't put this one on the outline because this one happened about an hour and a half ago or something, but we'll mention it real quick. Brandon Woodruff goes to the IL with uh, shoulder inflammation, so this was less than ideal, and there's no timeline yet because I don't know if it's they have to wait for swelling to come down or they're going to let it rest and see how he bounces back. I don't know. Like He was pitching well this season. So you have Corbin Burns, Jansen Junk might take his spot in the rotation. You got Lauer, you got Peralta, you got Wade Miley. Uh, we already know Ashby's done for the season. Adrian Hauser's got a strained groin, but he's starting to rehab back. It's a disaster right now in the pitching landscape, period. Now we lose one of the good ones. Um, if you are a Woodruff owner, what would you be doing in this scenario? Um, I hope you have something on the bench better than trying to target who they might bring into this situation uh i mean guys like i I think names that come to mind that you can hope to like i'm fortunate enough my biggest league i have woodruff as one of my pitchers and i have guys like braxton garrett and i obviously went out i went out and got a boobich so i have those guys to choose from to stream my from my bench in the in the meantime i'm hoping that those guys can kind of compile enough good enough stats to kind of bridge that gap and that's kind of what you have to do you have to kind of play frankenstein because there is no replacing a woodruff but it is league specific it is a uh, league dependent of course i don't i wouldn't go out of my way to like now me as a woodruff uh manager i don't want to go out and blow my fab on taj bradley in as an overreaction like oh i gotta get a pitcher because this it, is why i asked the question because i because think it, people are going to be in that scenario like it like makes Dre sense Jameson, though, taj too. bradley it's like ah yeah well it almost makes sense to go that route too because you're like well if taj bradley is only a four-week filler that's all i kind of need for woodruff right because he only might miss the minimum stay but he could miss about a, i look at it like it's a shoulder it could be a month it could be six weeks it sounds minor because he pitched really good the last outing, too. So I'm surprised Woodruff is even – the IL spot was obviously a shocker to all of us. But uh, I, I'm not going out of my way to blow my I'm, – I'm trying to be patient and understand it's a long season and attack it with guys I know are sure options. Even like Bryce Elder, if he, I mean, he's not available in a lot of NFC formats, but you get my point. Guys like that, like I don't, I don't mind taking a shot or utilizing these fringe mixed league types to get us by until then. I'm not going out of my way to blow my fab and and – just to like hope for upside in the process. Like I'm not, I'm not scrambling, but I'm also spoiled. I mentioned I have, I had a really good start with pitching so I can afford to go that route too. I don't have to really be like, well, there goes my best pitcher and I have bad pitching like everyone else has. So I gotta, I'm not panicking. Yeah, this, I guess. this is a shameless plug and people are probably going to hate me for going this route. This is where having someone like Michael Simeone's SP streaming chart comes in handy when you're trying to like put together Hey, I want to like week to week, fillers basically like it comes in handy just gonna throw it out there 
Uh, so mm-hmm. you're not taking some garbage two-star guys just to be like, oh, I can fill it in with this. No, no, don't go there. Don't. If anything, go get Jose Alvarado or something. Screw it. Just go get a good, good reliever and see where it goes. What about I'm, like a Jacob Junis? He he's just been sneaking. He's been getting those wins for you guys just because he's been coming in right after a bad, like a bad starter will go out, get blown up, or a starter will go out and just struggle and not get through his pitches. Junis comes in, throws like two innings, and gets a couple wins already. I'm like, he's he attention. He's interesting. Johan Oviedo, who I know you talked about today, I picked him up for his two starts last week, so I was really happy with the second start. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't like the first one? <laughs> no, no. But there's, I don't like. I don't pick all two star guys up. I liked him a lot because of, um, I guess, the developments he made throughout spring. I got there was actually signs pointing to a guy that might be slowly figuring it out. So I went that route. Um, you got Matt Strom, who looked really good in his first start this week. They're stretching him out. Guys like that may be available depending on the depth of your league. Doubt in the fifteen, but. Uh, you know, your 12s and whatnot, you might be able to figure something out. So, hey, and we'll have you covered at Game of the Edge with your fab for the week. Um, all right, let's talk. We're going to talk one shortstop individually. After we talk about this guy, we're going to talk about the world that is shortstops in a second. So keep focused on this one for now, Curlin. Tim Anderson, spraying the knee, give him your shocked face, um, goes on the IL for two to four weeks at least. I think it's going to be longer than that if it's a it must not be that bad of a spray, let's put it that way. Um, the reason I want to ask you is Lennon Sosa got called up. He was playing great in AAA to start the season. You did a, a little tweet thing about him. So what's your thoughts on Lennon Sosa? Because, you know, if you're hurting for shortstops, and we'll get into the deeper talk here in a minute, but is Lennon Sosa a guy of interest for you? So I'm intrigued just because there was the fact that, from what I remember, I remember reading an article. This was before they signed Andrews. But they they have since signed Andrew, so I don't know how they feel about Sosa at this time. But I do know that Sosa was in the running to break the camp, break camp as a starting second baseman initially. I think he had an injury in the spring, if memory serves, and that kind of threw him off. But it makes me wonder because like the team obviously believes in him. He's had he has. I mean, we're talking a what thirty six plate appearance sample in AAA, crushed it, two home runs, really strong numbers. But that's as pretty much as big of a sample as, as spring training, and his spring training was terrible. But he barely played. With that said, Sosa offers upside. There are others. Well, there's another. There's another guy that got called up in terms of middle infield that's that's going to offer way more upside. Uh, we can talk about him in a little bit in, in uh, Ed, Edward Julian, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know how to feel. Again, it goes back to the. I, I feel like they wouldn't have called him up if it's only for two to four weeks. So this isn't like the Taj Bradley thing where the Rays will send him up and down. The White Sox, like look how look how aggressive they were with Colos. If they're yeah. going to treat Oscar Colos like that, why would they call up Sosa and not? Give him full run, and but at the same time, again, they went out and they signed somebody. I, I don't, I don't know. I guess it, I, it I, didn't pay a lot for Andrews, though. He's one of those I that know. could disappear. You're, you're right, but the Sosa. I'm curious. I'm gonna look this up. If Sosa even plays other positions, maybe because they could, you know, like just the way things are falling out up there right now. I'm just yeah, curious. Everyone, like everyone's being hurt there right now. It's, it's bad. Bad news that's, bears. That's what I'm getting. I'm like maybe Sosa can just play somewhere else, but um, I don't like. I'm just trying to think. He played shortstop, third base in the past, second base, so he can play pretty much anywhere in the infield, which is good for them because Mancada's out. Um, they obviously have uh, uh, Tim Anderson. I think Corbin Carroll is. Oh, I thought he went yard. Sorry, I have the game up there. I see him trotting the bases. No, it's because he flew out. Anyway, um, so my ADHD is off the charts right now. But yeah, so back to your original question. So you told me to focus on. You knew I wasn't going to. Yep. Back to Sosa. Uh, I guess what I'm getting at is, um, at the end of the day, if they called him up, they know it's at least two to three weeks of run in the big leagues. I think they might even be more of the four. Like maybe he's getting a full month because I don't think they would have wasted a call up on Sosa running hot without knowing he's going to get extended look and run at the position. 
So that does give me optimism, but I, I just, I'm, I, I'm not quite sold on it being beyond a month. And that's, that's why I won't be as aggressive as, as others might be this week. Yeah. Maybe a good stopgap if you can afford it, but that's the biggest thing is <laughs> yeah. your needs and what other people will pay for are two completely different things. And that makes it a, a whole different bag when going to the fab world. So let's go short stops in general. Now, oh, Corey Seager. Well, Sorry, he's gonna. He's does it. Does he have? I think he has second base eligibility, right? Like, how, yeah, it should be second it? base. So it'll take him like ten days to get shortstop. So yes. in two weeks, he's gonna get shortstop. So people are. I think he's the way we're, you're gonna talk. You're gonna bring it up, but the shortstop landscape is a mess. Yeah, so he won't, he won't even fill it in just yet. But it's almost like Francisco speculate. Alvarez all over again. Yep, speculate and hope. Same thing. Yeah, he's gonna play more. What than happens Alvarez if Elvis? And, what happens if Elvis Andrews goes to shortstop and Sosa plays second? That's also a very big possibility. You're yeah. Correct. yeah it's, so it's <laughs> like, then he never gets shortstop. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's man. That's, that's fun. Uh, yeah. I'm not like, again, it's, it's, it's fun. The idea of a Sosa is fun. I'm, I'm really trying to wait to go big on some of these fun prospects. I really believe in. Cause I would, again, if this was a mid May call up or if this was a long-term injury for uh, Anderson, I'd be way more aggressive. I just don't know if the playing time is going to be there. So sorry to, Bring that back up. I just thought maybe there's a chance he gains eligibility there, so that's worth mentioning. Could add to you know if somebody wants to go spend their money, go for it. But <laughs> it's rough. So yes, the shortstop landscape. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries. O'Neill Cruz obviously gone for four months at least. I, I there comes a point where I'd be surprised if we see him, except for like maybe parts of September, like type thing. Uh, his future is a little more important. Um, you have Corey Seager left with a hamstring injury today. That's never good because Corey Seager likes to do stuff like that. Um, Danzy Swanson left with cramps, apparently. Uh, I saw that from a beat writer, and then Dire Work in our Discord mentioned it was cramps because he was standing in the hospital while his wife was having knee surgery all day, and he wasn't properly hydrated. That's the report that came out. Seems a little odd to me, but okay. okay. So and that's just a few of them. There's a ton of shortstops that are out. It's getting bad and really bad. So how are you looking at this situation? Because I know we need one on one of our teams. So uh, how, how, how are we doing this, Curlin? Um, If you can get Orlando Arcia, just be a little aggressive this week, I guess. Uh, but yeah, in I mean, what's even in shallower formats, we talked about 12 teamers. There's really not much out there. Shortstop was a position a lot of people double tapped. A lot of people made a point to get at least one good one, one with upside for their bench even. Guys like Bryce Terang, who have shortstop eligibility, are already scooped up. So we are looking at guys. It goes like the list I put out on Twitter was like Kyle Farmer, especially if you know uh, Cray is out, Miguel Rojas, just because he exists. Um, Geraldo Perdomo actually has a little bit of upside. There's a little bit of a swing, like a change in approach I've seen early on in his profile. But again, so early, it's hard to say. But he does looks like Perdomo at least has the strong side of a platoon. A guy I do like more than most probably is Jose Barrero, just because he's been playing plenty. Newman hasn't really been a factor. And Barrero gets to call Great America Small Park his home. So that's kind of like the upside play. Rodolfo Castro, he kind of has a cult following in, in fantasy circles. And he's going to play more shortstop with, uh, with what's-his-face out, uh, O'Neill out, so O'Neill Cruz out. And then Gio Urshela, if you're in a super deep league and you have to, like, Urshela should probably get shortstop eligibility probably by the end of the week if Rendon plays enough games because Urshel is going to scoot back over to shortstop. I think tonight made, made five starts. So those are just some of the names. Um, If you really want, if you want to get cute, remember Kevin Smith, the the I like spring that. training spring training darling of last year? Yeah, yeah. He's back up, and he played shortstop the last two nights. I don't and know how long. He was playing good in AAA for Oakland. A small sample, but he was playing pretty good. 
The, I know, but then he came up, and I think he went over four with three strikeouts last night. I haven't checked tonight's box scores yet, but um, I, I had that game on most of the night. I never heard his name mentioned, and there was a lot of offense. So yeah, I, I watched him. Shoot. I put that game on for a little bit uh, before my, before I got busy. I saw him strike out. I was like, oh, that's Kevin Smith. I know. That's yep. Yeah, so it's weird, man. He's just one of those guys that hasn't been able to make that like success in the minors translate. But uh, overall, he is a name. I guess it's one of those things where you're looking for anybody with potential, and he kind of pops out as somebody with potential, but not a guy I'd be going more than like five to ten bucks on if I can avoid it type of thing. Just just if you're trying to go for upside, that's kind of an upside play. But I'm sure somebody will throw 15 at him or something stupid, yeah. especially if he hits a home run or steals a base before now on Sunday. I for, forgive me if you said it, but I think Rodolfo Castro is an easy look too. He'll gain shortstop. So I, I called him. I called him a cult following. Uh, okay sorry because yeah. no no that's fine oh i threw I was, out like five names you know i didn't give you any opportunity to actually speak well i was loading <laughs> i was trying to load something for my uh uh i i loaded up one of my ocs and i was looking at roster rates for uh short stops with 12 teamers and players are c is 68 percent and there's a giant cliff that's so what... you have like you have like enrique hernandez who's hitting like a yeah. buck 11 or something edmundo sosa um kyle farmer for all the perdoma like you mentioned yeah wow kevin newman um i'm gonna pull my i'm gonna pull up my main and i'm gonna go look at this This is horrific dude i'm going through like jose barrero is zero percent rostered you got that going for you but um yeah yeah this is gonna be brutal brutal come uh sunday if you're needing needing a shortstop jp crawford is available in my 15 teamer uh he, he plays every day if you're again I'd, steal, I'd swipe him up so fast even just to block somebody <laughs> that's the thing it's like uh oh mauricio dubon he's he's right here's he's the thing about, a lot he's playing a lot for he's you. he's also hitting he's hitting in 300 early on yep. like over 300 early on he has uh where is it? I'm trying to see weekly. He's been he's bat 375 last week. He hit he's hitting 600 this week. Obviously, what one two games? He he's gonna give you a little. He's not gonna give you much in terms of juice, but he's gonna play as of right. But that's the thing. Right now, he's gonna play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. if he struggles, he won't be playing. It's just it's it's terrible. You get Brantley back. You get Altuve back. You get some of those players well, back. It you also. Everything. A three-game uh, like rough patch, and next thing you know Hensley's back in there too. That's another yeah. thing. That's another issue. Uh, would you think about possibly? It's early to, to stash him. But like, uh, like say you say you're an O'Neill Cruz manager, and these are the options we just talked about. Would you consider stashing Luis Urias, or it's way too? I think it's way too early, probably at this point. But he's available in most places, and you're going to be without a shortstop for a while. Would you? That's I mean, like that's probably like two weeks from now. You start I, looking I, at that. I, I know, but it's one of those things where it's like, do you try to oh, get someone will do it? Someone will do like, it for like a buck this week. That's the thing. It's a buck, and if you need that roster spot, he's droppable again. That's yeah, why I'm just looking. Not, at, I know the I, worst. It's not the worst thing you can do. I know it's early. I don't think you should do it, but it's just some. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this list of players, and that's kind of <laughs> what's sticking no, out to not, me right now. It, it, it's so bad, and it's it's weird because like in years past, everyone talks about how deep shortstop is and all these things in draft season, but then even this year, people started to kind of catch on to like. There's like a top tier, and then it just falls off a cliff. Like there's options that you could live with, but it just falls off a cliff. And right now, it's some of the top tier guys are falling off the cliff with them, and that's what's making it very <laughs> tricky. Like Romeo oh, yeah. Cruz, Seager, you have potentially Swanson. We'll see how that plays out. Tim Anderson. These are all dudes that were on top of the cliff, not off of the cliff. And so um, there's like six left standing right now. It's it's a it's literally Hunger Games at shortstop. So we're gonna have to see how that one plays out, but it. Uh, yeah, and, and there will be, like, Julian, I believe, will have shortstop once he gets officially. He has to play a game for the NFPC to put him on. Uh, we'll see what they do with uh, 
Lennon Sosa, but I'm pretty sure he's just going to be second base to start with. Um, yeah, keep an, and keep an eye on guys that are changing, getting eligibility because that's starting to come up. Vargas got his at second base on Tuesday and a few other guys. So maybe someone's going to sneak in a shortstop for you and make you feel a little better about life. So we'll see. Julian has uh, second base eligibility on NFPC right now. Ooh, so that'll sting as well. Fine. Yeah, I just I had to look that up. Yeah, I had to look that up. I'm like, so Edmundo Sosa season, baby. If only he. Yeah. I don't know why. Why are they playing Cody Clemens over him? That's a whole other discussion, I guess. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. That's ridiculous. That's just bad teams being bad teams is what that's called. Um, because the Phillies aren't that bad of a team. Uh, let's go to Ty- the Tyler O'Neill conundrum. I, I I just kind of picked random things to talk about outside of the main <laughs> news, but Tyler O'Neill. Angers his manager, who at this rate, if he keeps trying to be Mr. Tough Guy, is probably going to get fired by the by the All-Star break because he has a great roster that he's finding a way to run into the ground right now. Tyler O'Neill obviously did not quote-unquote hustle on a play and got thrown out at home. But then if you watch the film, the guy should never have sent him at third base to begin with. Like there was a kind of a, yeah. let's take some accountability on the coach's side of the situation. Um, and then he aired it out in front of everybody in the media. And that cannot make Tyler O'Neill or any other player actually pretty happy about that, knowing that, if I screw up, it's going to get aired out too. That's not how things go. So that's a whole other conversation. But Tyler O'Neill goes to Coors. He sits against a righty, gets to play against the lefty because of uh, some shenanigans. He's really in the doghouse right now, and this is not good, Mike. So how are we going about – it's hard to drop Tyler O'Neill, obviously, but it's hard to start him as well. Oh, I'm definitely – it's one of those things like you kind of sit and wait. Right now, uh, and you mentioned – I think we talked about tonight that everyone was reacting to the whole like, hey, he was not in the lineup for the second straight day and against the lefty. And the next thing you know, he is. And then I I, I just – a little digging, and I found that uh, Carlson was slated to start over him tonight. So this would have been two straight nights that Tyler O'Neill was sitting. And that is concerning because obviously they're playing these games with him. You can't, how, can a, how can a guy get into a groove if he's not playing regu- regularly? And O'Neal has the skills, but now is he going to press because he has to try to prove that he deserves it? Like, there's a whole bunch of, you know, there's a whole bunch of mind stuff that goes into this that you can't put numbers behind. And right now, he, it's hard to start him with any confidence. And it sucks because, they, you know, they, they get good matchups and you can't even count on him being in the lineup. Uh, it's obviously going to change if, if Carlson has to miss a few games. That kind of helps matters. And maybe with that, things can kind of mend themselves. But right now, if you have a choice, like I'm probably sitting if if for the he's not he's definitely not dropping anytime soon. Yeah, that's the shame of it. I was like completely off of him early in draft season. Started to like his ADP and more as I was researching as the season went on. Uh draft season went on. So I got like eight share or two, but he's definitely parked on the bench. And it he makes a me mad. guy for me. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's it's not cool at all. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, and I was very, very honest that you've been putting in some awesome work. I listen to it every day. It comes out because you highlight like 10 things, give or take, and Mike likes to ramble. So it turns into like 15 or 20 sometimes. And, um, but they're like deep dives, but quick deep dives, if that makes sense on different players from just researching stuff. So it kind of opens your eyes to even lineup situations or, you know, new developments, either pitch mix wise or approaches at the player, whatever. So things to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, has anything else stood out to you before we start talking uh, Fab from week two? Well, one thing we talked about tonight that's going to be a little spoiler alert because I think I might go live tomorrow and talk about it. But um, for those listening, you'll get it twice. Um, <laughs> it's the Josiah Gray thing. The yep. fact that he's like the fact Glorious. that he's just changing everything about himself in terms of like the the pitch mix. You know, the he's now the CS like the CSW tonight wasn't great. He only had what three made, Ks or something like that. But he made but he made the pitch mix work work. He's throwing the four seamer was 
just so hittable last year. The issue is, is all his fastballs are hittable. Like this year, he's throwing the cutter more than than last year. The sinkers, they're both they're both everything's getting hit that that goes that he throws hard. But what's good about Gray is that he's leading with the slider curveball combo, and that's something he's been doing from every, not just one start; it's been every start. So noticing that, noticing he's changing it up, trying to make it, making an actual change, and he's getting some results. I don't think he's much more. I still don't think of him as much more than a streamer. But at least he's, you know, he's a viable streamer now. It was before, like, you're holding your breath and hope for the best. Now you can go into, like, a two-start week, and you're like, okay, he gets Detroit, and, I don't know, at Colorado, you're like, okay, I, I'll do – I know the Detroit one should be – you know what I mean? You know the Detroit one should still be good, but that Colorado one might hurt. But maybe that Colorado like – we saw him – we just saw him go to Colorado and actually pitch well. So I'm not saying that will happen every time because it's cores, and now that, you know, the course hangover is going to start taking effect, pitchers – hitters are going to get used to being there, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe that maybe what would have been like a seven or eight earned out earned run outing might turn to a four earned out earned run outing for him. So that's why it's like Gray is going to be one of those guys where you're going to be able to like it won't be so painful to start for two start weeks and even one start matchups. I'm not he's not nearly a must start, but that's the type of stuff we're looking for here early on, you know. So he's a guy that caught my attention just because that it's a real it's a big change in in what he's doing and the production is following early on, not elite production, but a product but production. And um, there's a couple other like you know we we mentioned the Oviedo. Obito's another guy where it's like his slider is three miles, it was three miles per hour faster, but then it was like a tighter movement. So it's almost not quite, I wouldn't say it's, I can't say and be like, I'm a pitching guru guy. So it's like, is it more like a cutter? But it, it profiles like, not like you're, it's not like a huge sweeping slider, at least it, not the way the numbers are looking at it. So it's like, he's throwing it harder, a little bit different movement on it and he's utilizing it more. So Obito has that going for him. He has a little bit of change going on for him as well. And that was kind of what caught my attention there with that with him mostly. And then, of course, the good outing and flashed some of that upside late last year. If memory serves, I know Simeon likes him a lot, too, yeah. as a deep as a late guy. And um, there was a couple there's there's a few others, I'm sure. Obviously, Bubich has been talked about from everyone. Bryce Eller has been talked about from everyone. Uh, We're going to talk about both of them in the, the fab recap here. So yeah. we got plenty. Oh, of there you go. I'm just trying to think. Uh, oh, Lazardo. I know he's not like a free agent or anything, or like, but he's been absolutely amazing. He's he's looked as advertised, and if you drafted him where you got him, if he's if he gives you 150 innings, and that's again, that's I feel like that's fair to ask. That's a 30 inning jump, I think, or might be. I think his career high was like 110, 120. I don't remember, but um, I think he can get to one 130, 140, 150, and I think even at that, given how he's looked, if Lazardo carries what he's shown early on through 130 to 150 innings you're still going to get profit there and i think there's this, i think he's been one of those guys that's like early returns like okay there this could be one of those guys that makes that jump from like where he's going where he's going like you know like 30 in the 30s and 40s range of pitcher it's like he could be a top 15 guy next year you know he's in that uh him and you know what like joe ryan of the world Dolo, Dolo, yeah. those guys can easily make that jump next year it's like one of those things every year there's a group of them and he's kind of like one of those like leading the group him lodolo ashcraft has been beyond great value at this point yeah. I don't it's have amazing what health. It's amazing what health can do. It's well, health, shocker. health, shocker. and like players actually, you know, they they p- people just give up on prospects. Look at look at Kalnick. Kalnick's another guy that even I was like, tonight. and he's turning pitches inside out. Kalnick's like the the home, we knew that we knew the tools were there. It's the fact he's making contact. And then I thought I, I saw that strikeout rate early on. I'm like, oh man, he's doing it again. It was like thirty something percent. But then when you go look at like the plate discipline. It didn't make sense that the strikeout rate was so bad because his swinging strike rate was under 10% for like the first time ever. I was like, wait a minute. And I'm like, and he's being more aggressive. I'm like, this profile doesn't make sense. How is he striking out so much? And I'm like, oh, and I saw his call strike rate was pretty high. So I I meant to actually go dive into his two-strike approach. Maybe he's just taking too many two-strike pitches. But regardless, you know, obviously he seems to be figuring it out at least early on. Uh, it's too early to say he's figured it out. It's again, we're talking about a couple weeks here, but it's good to see encouraging signs. And that's what the point of this stuff is, is to kind of just make these notes 
get this information in front of you and keep tabs on it. The Oscar Gonzalez thing, the that's the one last one we'll talk about before we move on is just that his playing time is weird. I don't understand what happened. Yeah, there. big time. He's I think he started three of six against righties or two of six. It's the notes are somewhere, but yeah, it was only it was only one. Uh, the first week of the season so it might be like two or six i'm thinking like he's because I, I wrote up a i wrote up a thing on him early on it was not good i think tonight was i think tonight he sat for brennan as well that's why i know it's um i'm looking at it right now though oscar gonzalez against righties he has started two of one two three four two of seven i don't think yep. if he didn't start tonight it's two of seven but the weird thing was when you look at his splits from last year gonzalez actually had better splits against righties than lefties he actually hit he actually had like a 124 or 140 something something crazy wrc plus was like 20 something percent 30 something percent better than league average and he had like a really good ops it wasn't just like an empty batting average i don't understand why they wouldn't give the guy who performed so well last year overall and against righties more run i know will brennan is a lefty the platoon makes sense if you're trying to do that whole lefty righty platoon thing but I'm surprised they didn't give him any leash, and by him I mean Oscar Gonzalez, obviously. Yeah. And I like Will Brennan. So if you're if you're if you want somebody who could be decent, you know, batting average speed, um, good bat to ball skills, Will Brennan's a good name to know for sure in, in shallower formats. Yep, yep. Uh, looking forward to the next dive you have there. Maybe throw Corbin Burns on there. He actually looked like Corbin Burns tonight. So I'm curious to see what changed over the first two starts to now. So. Um, yeah, educate me, my friend. Do, but um, he's Corbin Burns. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> that's that's the I'm saying. That's the analysis. Yeah. You know, people no, are freak, I, I know. People are freaking out. But I'm just like, yeah, nah. just, just relax, relax. I get it. I get it because it was the first. You know, the fact that it went back to the first half, uh, second half of last year. I understand there's lingering things, but it's almost like it reminds me. It reminded me a lot of Woodruff of last year. Remember Woodruff came mm-hmm. in, struggled like crazy for like a month or so, and then. Yeah. Had a huge, like, great finish of the year, and he was a second round pick again, or yep. third round pick, wherever you got him. But uh, I think Burns is going to be. Fi- I, I, it was too early. To, I don't. I didn't get a lot of Burns anyway. I was. I was on the Cole side of things anyway with that discussion. So anytime so a pitcher called me in the first round, I ended up getting Cole every time. So I can't even sit here and get mad. If Burns sucks, it's probably better for me in the long run anyway. But, but uh, yeah, I just it's. I think it's too early to, to worry about a lot of these guys. Hundred percent on board with you on that one. All right, everybody, let's talk week two NFBC fab. We always talk OCs on the show, 12-team leagues to get you ready and see if maybe they're available in your formats that you're drafting to see if they are worth the money. And worst, the, the, the best part is the range in prices in OCs that just make you want to pull whatever hair you have left on your head out. Um, the most added player in 392. No, that is at all game styles. I did it reloaded on me just like it did to you, Carlin. Um, the most added player in 170 leagues, as high as $194, as low as one dollar. This is a fun one. 194 bucks for Brian Anderson, Mike Curlin, uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's moving over to third base with a Luis Urias injury. Um, I've written about Brian Anderson way too many times this week between fab columns and risers and fallers and whatever else you want to call it. I know too much about a man that I never want to draft, and uh, he's playing great. I'll, I'll be honest with that. There are some holes I'm seeing with this situation, but uh, what's your thoughts on Brian Anderson? Like, I see him filling roster spots just fine. Breaking the bank was silly, but are you in on a guy like Brian Anderson? So Anderson just has a soft spot in my heart because I've been in on him for like three years now, <laughs> just as a Marlins fan, because I always thought he had something like – Always thought there was something there, untapped potential. Just the Brian Anderson was just always like a solid. He always had one of those, those, um, like just the way he his uh profile. Sorry, he always had one of those. Brian Anderson always had a profile I really enjoyed. It was almost like his name was just boring and bland. It was such a solid, safe name, such, such a solid, safe profile that went with it. Injuries ate him up. My uh, that ballpark ate him up. 
And then you see him have a really good spring, and this that's, that carried over. And then, of course, he follows that up, you know, the strong week and a half or whatever week with what entering tonight. He actually went on a 0 for 11 run. Yeah. And Shocker. then didn't see that oh, coming. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. If you include tonight, 0 for 14 now since after that really hot streak. And I think there's a happy medium here because I don't think he was as good as advertised, obviously. But I don't think he's actually I think he's I think he, the problem is I think he's more 15 team. Yeah. Uh, relevant than 12 team is what is what we're getting at here i understand chasing i understand chasing i really do but not for the price that it costs so uh or at least cost the one guy who spent like 20 percent of his fab on him yeah. but yeah, not biggest... to, not to, I, I don't want to talk bad about people i'm just no, I, I, like, I do i'm it, just being honest i do it tongue-in-cheek it's complete sarcasm every time because people have their reasoning for doing things but um one of my biggest hesitations on brian anderson not just because you know, a guy with like a 60% hard hit rate and, you know, 35% barrel is not sustainable, obviously. But the dude is striking out over 30% of the time as well. So he's got like a bunch of swing and miss going on there. When he puts the ball in play, it was thumping. Um, there's a lot of things going on there that you're like, okay, regression's going to hit. It's going to suck. But eventually it'll even out, like you said. And this is the guy we'll get. It'll be like a 250, 260, probably 260 hitter, give or take. You know, hit you maybe a home run or two every couple weeks. Um, that's the dude. So more. 15 team like you said it's just nice he has that third base outfit eligibility which is tremendous that's a oh, yeah. that's a big plus i think so. it's good in a 12 that could be useful as a bench piece like obviously in nfbc yeah. we're like like right now if you had like for me i had max kepler go down after that monday game last week so for three days i had to take a zero and then plug i, I had an outfit on my bench to plug in brian anderson makes sense for the nfbc and we're talking oc so that's still nfbc formats yeah. he makes sense to have as a bench piece for that purpose to keep you from getting zeros because yep. taking zeros like a Brandon Woodruff for the week really hurts. Yep. Yes, it does. I'm not. I'm not hurting at all. I'm not in nope. pain. You look great. You look great. <laughs> I'm um, happy. The, the second most added player in OCs this past week in 152 leagues, uh, as high as 310, as low as two dollars. I'm always a fan of the ones that didn't go for a single dollar. That's fun. It is Francisco Alvarez of the New York Mets. Uh, he made his second start of the season on Tuesday. I went 0 for four with three more strikeouts. He now has five Ks uh, in his first two games. He's got one hit to go with it. They're not playing him every day. They said that before the fab period happened, and no one believed it, apparently. Uh, Buckshaw Walter's old people, and this is what they do. They want Nito, his quote-unquote experience and defense out there. He said it to the media, to the world, to hear, and uh, people didn't believe him. So what's your thoughts on Alvarez, who I believe if he played full-time could be a top-10 catcher, but I don't know when we're going to get that. So the good news is that he has two, you know, starts at catcher. That's he needs eight more. And if the early indication in terms of the usage is, is meaningful, that's, that is concerning. Cause what we're talking three, maybe four starts in a week, if you're lucky yep, so like, and you get paid three up more weeks before you get that eligibility. That's what I'm getting at. Unless, you know, maybe like an extra inning game, he comes in off the bench and, you know, all he has to do is make an appearance. I'm pretty sure that counts, right? Like just making an appearance. So Should, yeah. he, he, he can sneak it in there. But with all with that said, I mean, people right now, you paid this price for him to sit on your bench for what, two, maybe three weeks. And now, and then Alvarez has what, maybe on the high end, if you're lucky, six more weeks before um, what's his face returns. So Omar that's what, yeah. So I'm wondering, and obviously with them, with those, it was the comments. The comments kept me off of them. I didn't bid this heavily on them. I, I understand it because, heck, I, I think I mentioned I'm rostering Jake Rogers in the league. That's to give you an idea of like how much how useful it would be to have a uh, second catcher like a Francisco Alvarez. But I feel like 
all, just the way I, I don't think Showalter was lying with how they planned to utilize him. And then they, he described it what as like a you draft a first round quarterback to sit him behind a starter for a year. Like they haven't done that since like the early 2000s. <laughs> so <laughs> that right there spoke to his mindset. I'm like, oh man, anybody referencing sitting a quarterback in the first round for the first year or two, like that, that really was like a 90s, early 2000s thing we saw. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm like, oh man, this Alvarez stuff, as much as I root for him, as much as I think he could be a difference maker, I don't know if the team's going to allow it. So I'm, I saved my fab and um, I get it though. It, it makes sense to gamble on him. I really do think it does. I'm just, I was concerned. It's weird because I, I was conservative, but I'm, I haven't really been in my leagues. I've just been more aggressive on, I guess, the lesser talented potential players as of right now. No, I'm with you. Like that's why like, I see the appeal. Like I said, he could be a top ten catcher. I just don't know if they're going to play him enough to be a top ten catcher. And that was where I'm just like, I'm out. I'm yeah. fortunate where I didn't really need a catcher anywhere either, oh, so that made it a little easier. I know you said you had Jake Rogers. I get it, <laughs> but um, uh, that's what makes it tri- like tricky. Like I, I've seen like you know non NFC leagues like Logan O'Hoppy still out there. Please go pick him up, people. Oh. Like what are we doing? Um, oh. I think oh, I wrote. No. I, I think I wrote about him. He was still like only forty percent rostered in Yahoo over the last week. I'm like, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, there, there's certain formats where you don't even need to really worry about Francisco Alvarez if you don't need to. Let's talk about the third most rostered player. This is a good one, Bryce Elder. 150 leagues, as high as 136, as low as a dollar. Before he got uh, picked up this past week, six shutout innings of six Ks against the Cardinals. He backed it up with six and a third shutout with seven Ks against the Reds. We've seen big boy stuff from Bryce Elder. Um, the pitching staff for Atlanta, Dylan Dodd got sent down. Schuster's been bad. Uh, Kyle Wright returned. Not great. Four runs, I think, in four innings, four walks, four hits. He's still kind of getting, trying to figure it out, get, hopefully get some velocity going. We'll see. Um, Max Fried just going to throw off a bullpen on Tuesday. So hopefully he can come back within a week or so. We'll see. So they need Elder right now. They might need him for a little bit longer than people think. So what's your thoughts on this Bryce Elder edition? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. 
And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. I like it. I, I think it was a smart play. It was one of those things where if you were pivoting from like a boobitch type, like the big name again, goes. I've met, I mentioned that guy like 15 times on this podcast already because he was the, the hype machine that it was. But Elder was kind of overlooked in the process. And although he did, you know, garner some pretty decent sized bids in leagues, it, he wasn't the highlight. You know, he wasn't the main target for a lot of people. But what you're seeing with Elder is interesting because, you know, he is utilizing the slider more this year, like like 15% more almost, give or take, while Lola Singer. So there's a little, what I guess what I'm getting at is there's a little bit of a pitch mix change going on already with him, reversing the slider usage, throwing it the most compared to the sinker last year. And with it, though, you're seeing Elder have a career best. Again, we're talking two starts here, 12 innings, but the K minus walk rate is showing early improvements, 19.6% with a 28.3% K rate type of thing. So it's like, he's really getting some decent strikeouts. Um, that's it's the ground ball rates 50%. So you like seeing that he's keeping it on the ground a lot as well. So when he is a lot in contact, it's likely on the ground more, more at least 50% of the time is on the ground. Um, but the, obviously there's some stuff like the strand rate is going to go up. It's hundred percent. You can't keep that <laughs> the ERA zero. So, but even if you look at the underlying metrics outside of XERA, if you look at FIP, XFIP, and Sierra, they all suggest he's a, well, one suggests he's a mid two ERA, but I would say that the, the three point, the 3.53 XFIP and the uh, and the 3.6 Sierra for Elder are more likely. And I feel like, and those are still two of the higher end numbers here. Even if you regress to that, that's such a strong back end of your rotation type. And if some of the strikeout gains are legit here for Elder, then he's more than just an innings eater for you. So Elder has appeal. And there was, and again, there's a little bit of early changes going on in the in the pitch mix, which could be an indication or at least a reasoning as to why he's finding this, the success he is. Just something to keep in mind. Not saying again, where it's too early to say this is definitive and this is definitely happening. And there's definitely like a you know one for uh, causation here, you know, and all that. But uh, it is something that's like at least there's a little potential reasoning behind the success. Not to mention playing for the Braves that win potential adds to his appeal for fantasy. So there's that. Yeah, I was a big fan of Bryce Elder. I'd not get him anywhere because I'm always just too cautious in my bids at times. So people get a lot of guys that I probably should be more aggressive on. It's just. Something I'm working on. I'm trying to get better at it, but uh, I like Bryce Elder a lot. He even pitched well in the postseason last year. We've seen it come through this year, um, and I think they're going to need him for a bit, like I kind of said earlier. So this is going to be an interesting addition. A player I did grab, I believe, we'll talk about our ad drops later, was the fourth most added player in OCs, uh, Anthony DiSclefani. Picked up in 146 leagues, as high as 155 as low as $4. He got some re- – they put some respect on Disco's name. Yeah, that's some that's I honestly with you mentioned Bubik, there's Elder. I was putting bids in for Disco thinking he'll be so overlooked, like no one's gonna care about Disco in the 12 team league. I was wrong, apparently. Um, he's pitched great over six innings in most start, one run total, seven K's against KC, who's a a place to stream against folks. They are horrible and strike out a ton right now. Uh, but Disco's looked really, really good to start out. We've seen these type of things happen with him, and then he, you know, gets tired or hurt, and the wheels come off the bus type situation. But for now, I'm riding it out because the Giants have a weird thing going on with um, with uh, some of their other pitchers, with Manaya and some other guys. They're kind of doing like piggybacking. What's supposed to be with Disco, but Disco's pitched too good to make that happen. Um, how are, how are you foreseeing this Disco Flawney thing? So uh, you know me and people who follow my work. 
at all. No, I have always been a sucker for <laughs> Anthony Descafani. One of my first articles I ever wrote in terms of like just somebody I uh sorry, I'm watching that game too. I saw the home run. I just didn't Maybe see who we are, baby. Oh, that was another guy that I actually was in on, but not bit enough to get. I, I, I wrote, wrote him up in the power. NFC deep, like deep waiver wires. I stay out. He has a very, very promising schedule coming up, folks. Two juicy lefties in Detroit this weekend. Enjoy. Yeah, and not to mention he's just like he's Playing been part of this day. whole. Between well, like that that that, that kind of caught me off guard. The fact that he's batting in the middle of the lineup, but I guess they yep. kind of need some righty bats in the middle of that lineup. They can't righty, have all righty the lefties. Power. Yeah, but sorry. Oh, back to back. Back to yes, back, this sorry. Is, this is glorious. This is anyway, glorious. Giants are opening the... up a, a whoop-ass on the uh, the good old Doyers. So have fun with that. Brandon Crawford, days of the past. Sorry, yes, just Clefani. Is this all happening against uh, – oh, no, this is Phillips. Not even May Phillips. anymore. Yeah. Non-safe situation. Enjoy, folks. I love. Don't you love that? Anyway, so yeah. this Tony Disco, always been a fan, huge fan. One of my first ever write-ups of a starting pitcher, like a deep dive article. If I go back and find it on Fangraphs, or fan, was it not Fangraphs, Fan Tracks. Yeah, I never wrote for Fangraphs. They denied me. Um, <laughs> it worked out all right, but yes, they denied me. Um, what was I saying? So anyway, with Tony Disco, think about him early on. He's just like just like Manaya. You're seeing some velo increase. You're seeing the sinker up a mile, a one point one miles, miles per hour. The changeup is also up. Well, secondaries change up, like a secondary being up isn't always a good thing or doesn't always matter. But with it being up, there was a change in um, some of the movement on it. I believe that's what caught my attention with it. Yeah. So with his changeup, he's getting less horizontal movement and more vertical movement. I believe. Yeah, a little bit, like two more inches of vertical drop and less sweeping motion it's it's weird it's uh so he's throwing it harder and getting a different movement profile on it which kind of just again just found that interesting and then of course the pitch mix change for tony disco he's he's throwing his slider more the sinker more and the changeup a lot more while cutting that fast the forcing fastball use by nearly 10 percent, and the curveball dropping it off like almost nine percent so again he's focusing more on a three pitch mix throwing at least all three at 16% of the time or greater. Meanwhile, last year, Tony Disco threw four pitches at least 13% of the time. So he's kind of like refining it just to, because he's always been a guy, Disco's always been a guy with like four or five pitches he could throw and tinkers with a sinker. He, like, he added a sinker a few years back and as fast as the four seamer was never really a good pitch. And last year, it really wasn't good either with a what, 1,444 1, 1, slug on it. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things where he's getting away from it, thankfully. And he's leaning more into that slider sinker changeup combo and he's finding. He's getting whiffs with the changeup. That something about changeups there in San Fran right now. Because I don't know if you noticed just how wicked um what's his face has been, uh Webb, which Webb always had a yeah. good changeup. Yep. Don't but get his, me started. His, don't get me started on this because I was his, banging the drum all preseason for Webb and it's coming true. His um, his he's Webb's getting those strikeouts again. That's one thing I should mention mm-hmm. as one of those takeaways. Webb's getting the strikeouts again. Now he has been prone to the long ball. That's been yep. the only issue though. Yeah, like 30% that, that, home run to fly ball. They're like that ain't just that ain't sustaining either. But the changeup, the changeup had like it was like a 62% whiff rate. Um, I think it was like a oh swing in like the 30% range and like a like a, like a swing strike rate in the t- mid 20s. Like it was stupid the numbers that came from it when I looked at it today. And I'm like, he has that pitch. And that, and I remember when Webb came up, he had that change. He had a really good yep. changeup. So I looked and that changeup does profile closer to the 2020, 2019, whenever he came up, the rookie year that when he had that good year, 2021, whatever it was. So um, it was interesting to see that. So I think they're doing something there, there with changeups. And, you know, you saw Miami with the changeups too. So it's like, Changeups are a thing, and if you look at the, you know, again, I'm getting really in, 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 really into it right now, and really, really diving into the nitty gritty. But my point was with Disco is that I think I don't think I think there's more to it than just a hot streak. I think there's something here, at least to be 
relevant moving forward and we almost got i forgot we were podcasting here for a second but i really did I, I mean, i'm just talking baseball with you for a second here about like yep. about giants pitching so i apologize if you listeners like if i lost you i do apologize i uh just i get to talking about this stuff and we just i forget that me and bubba we we do this all the time so <laughs> yeah. no it's awesome that's what i love like uh this is why i love talking with curlin folks a wealth of knowledge and it goes all over the place so buckle up and be ready <laughs> it's um, a roller coaster of emotion i love it yeah the, uh, the next most added player uh, in 133 leagues this is where this is sit back as high as 437 dollars <sighs> as low as three dollars I'm okay with adding this individual. I'm going to say that much. I always say I want names so they can come on and, t- and like, I just want a whole episode of like, speak your reasoning, speak your logic for $437 for Miles Straw. I would love to know. Like, uh, he's hitting for average to start the season. He's stealing bags. He's doing everything we wanted last season when he picked him in like the third round. He's doing it all right now. And I brought it up, I think, in my Cleveland season preview and then other shows in draft season, like, hey, he's almost free. Why are we not taking a chance on a free mile straw who, even if he's half the guy we hoped he would be last year, that's a pretty good free pick. Like, we, we could live with that. Um, probably not super sustainable, but he's walking 19.6%, striking out 19.6%. Um, he's doing all the things we want to see from him, and this Cleveland offense is pretty darn good right now. So I'm okay with the pickup. I'm not so okay with 437, but I'm okay with the pickup. So, what's your thoughts on Miles Straw? I think you nailed it. Uh, Miles Straw, <laughs> that's, that's uh, we were laughing. We have a good laugh. Uh, Big John, Big John Legaza, Big John Stud Big John was Stud. a straw guy last year. And that's it's just funny because I'm looking at his stuff right now and it's like, you're right. And that's kind of what we're laughing at, not laughing at John. We're laughing at John because it's at his expense, obviously, because we love John. But uh, it's he was big on Straw last year and Straw's doing everything he wanted him to do last year, this year. Because Straw has this profile. He doesn't strike out a ton. He walks. And usually with walks come stolen bases from him. He's batting ninth, though. So right there, that limits his runs in RBI. Although he has been seven runs isn't bad from a nine spot hitter right now this part of the season that won't again but it won't really he's not gonna have a whole lot of runs being at batting ninth but could he move up maybe i don't know they it's a really tough lineup to move up in anyway um the stolen bases are there we know that even with the ball traveling better you're still looking at a guy who's now between last year and this year over 600 player appearances without a home run so pretty much a zero for power he is what he is i think you it's it's just it's wild to see him kind of being who we hoped he'd be last year but that's just there's nothing really changed here. Still grounding, still so many ground balls. Still not pulling. It's it's just it's Miles Straw. I don't know. It's like he's gonna be still. It's it feels rather empty, you know, batting average and stolen bases. But in the in a, in a twelve, I'm surprised the price was so high for him. But I do understand because he pretty much. I feel like maybe people thought of him as this year's John Birdie. You know, John Birdie could be this year's John Birdie. But John you know Birdie, what I mean? Like John Birdie took Aaron Nola deep tonight. So John out. Birdie. Well, this is the, you know they're not testing for steroids, right? John Birdie oh, juicing. You heard sense. it here first, buddy. <laughs> John Birdie's on the juice. You heard it here first. Yep. All right. Uh, a couple more. I'm a cherry pick. We're not going to go straight down the list anymore, but some some names that I want to bring up because they'll probably be available in a lot of people's non-NFC leagues. So this could be some interest. Uh, Chaz McCormick was picked up in 122 leagues, as high as 141, as low as a dollar. Uh, he's hit safe. I mean, all but two games this year, only 250 at average, but you know, two homers, three stolen bases, and the big thing is he's leading off the last four games now, if you count tonight. 
and that's big. I know you, I believe you mentioned this on your show on Tuesday, actually. It was about how Jeremy Pena signed off on it. Cause that's what I was wondering. I didn't, I didn't know that part. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Like Pena and Tucker were going one, two for a second. I'm like, the, the gods are shining down on me finally. And now McCormick out of everything. And if you haven't seen his NFC picture, folks, please go find it. It's a dude it's in glasses amazing. and a suit. It's like a fraternity picture. He's on the wall in a fraternity hall. Um, so yeah, what's your thoughts on this Chaz McCormick thing? Obviously, as people heal up and injuries, you know, disappear for the Astros, he'll probably fade in the in the light. But for now, he's here. So yeah, <laughs> I just uh, Chaz McCormick. I chased it last year. I'm I, I get. I was just a year early. I didn't expect him to be this this year either. But yeah, you see what you're seeing is what you're getting. I think this is kind of somewhat legitimate. I mean, the walks are there. We know the walk rate for McCormick is you know something he's done two years in a row now. Strikeouts are a little bit of a concern. But if he if he's if he's walking at double digit clip and keeping the on base skills even close to what the I mean it's a 361 OBP he's never done that at the major league level, so I think it's more of a hot streak obviously. But I mean we're talking about a guy who's a WRC plus of 114 last year, WRC plus of 108, so he's always been an above average player. I don't see why that if he can keep up the the double digit walk rate, why he won't get a good amount of leash at the leadoff spot. The issue is here that Dusty likes to play these games like i think mccormick sat like two out of the first three or the first even the first two games of the season before getting some run it was weird he does this he, he randomly just runs with people that are not the big names like if it's a not if it's a big name he lets them that he plays them in their five or six games a week whatever but anybody beyond that it's like insert name here for a couple games all right two games here for myers two games here for mccormick mccormick and that's what had me off of anybody not you know not in the top six or seven of that lineup just because he treats that that's how does he's been treating him last year or so at least last year was like that it was crazy and even even early on this year you saw hensley i think we mentioned it with hensley dubon those guys like you'll see hensley get run then dubon's on right now dubon's getting the run so that's what kept but yeah mccormick's getting all the run and yes i believe it was a thing where they dusty i've read something like dusty was, like was a talk to Payne about it and they were all in agreement and i think Payne maybe Payne wanted to move down maybe he felt more comfortable hitting towards the bottom or not setting the table I don't know. Either way, uh, Taz is here to stay as a leadoff guy. All things considered, and again, it goes back to the three stone bases, the two home runs. He's doing what you're he's like, producing. He's producing, and he's getting plate appearances, and he's getting plate appearances in one of the best lineups in baseball. Even yeah. with injuries, Chaz McCormick, leadoff hitter, you want that as long as he's doing it. Just ride it, and when when he starts sucking, drop him because that's what yeah. he's <laughs> an easy drop. He's a very easy drop when things go south. I, I like players like that. It makes my life so much easier. Uh, Trevor Larnick was added in 115 leagues as high as 200, as low as a dollar. He's been hitting first, second, third, almost every game, sometimes fourth, uh, for the Twins. I just want to get your thoughts on him, though. He's hitting 308 coming into today's action. Double, I mean, he's got a home run and a triple, no stolen bases, and he strikes out over 30% of the time. So it's like he's doing some things really well, but there's still a lot of things you left to be desired, I guess. So are you in or out? What's your thoughts on Larnick? Larnick, I'm I'm pretty in on him just because again the cost the, the cost to acquire prior to this week would have been a lot cheaper and has been rather cheap and it's tough with him in, in shallower formats because you mentioned it's kind of right now he does have a 308 batting average but it's with a 458 BABIP so if you want to just look at something as simple as that you realize there's regression due there you mentioned 30 percent walk rate but also 50 percent uh, sorry a 30 percent strikeout rate for Larnick but a 15% walk rate. So what, 45% of the time, it's a it's a walker strikeout for him. He's pretty much a three true outcomes guy, it feels like. He's like, and, and then you go look at the, if you look at the underlying numbers, you notice for Larnick, he's, it's not really a lack of contact issue. Yeah, he's a little worse than league average with swing strike rate, 
but his O swing is like almost it's like nine points better than league average. His contact rates are lower than average, but he's swinging 10% or 9% less than league average. So it's a passivity thing. It's not necessarily a bad eye, which is, I think that's always encouraging because people just see strikeout rate and think that the guy swing out of his shoes and can't hit partially, <laughs> but not as much as you might think, especially considering Larnick's uh, ability to, you know, identify balls outside the zone stuff. He's never been a guy who chases. Uh, he has had some swing and miss and swing strike issues, but I think it's just, again, I think it's more of a passivity thing. So the strikeouts, you're going to have to learn to live with them. Bang average won't be a strength, but we're talking about a guy who legitimately has uh, like big time power upside. He is going to be a guy though. I think in shallow formats, where you'll find yourself benching him, especially when as players return, if he doesn't pick it up and, or even continue producing, Larnick's going to be a guy who slides down that lineup who might start platooning again or, or even uh, lose playing time as this team gets healthy because what they have Gallo coming back. That's going to come off the aisle eventually. Kepler, uh, Polanco is going to come back, which pushes Nick Gordon into the mix. Kirilov just started a rehab assignment today. Kirilov's going to go to first base, which puts Gallo back into the outfield. Michael A. Taylor, who has a really good glove, they might value that. Um, I don't know how long. That's why I'm saying it could be. I think Larnick's going to be given every opportunity to succeed, especially right now when there is literally nothing stopping him from playing every day. But if he can't, if Larnick can't take advantage of that, then I think the leash will be short as they get healthy. So that's where you got to watch it. Short term in the immediate future, I do like what we're seeing here. I do think there's upside, but be aware that there's also uh, there's a reason why, he, you know, there's a reason why he hasn't really been fantasy relevant and since you know he, he was wasn't he a former top prospect to one point? Yeah, he was one of the top picks at Oregon State the same year as like uh, Nick Madrigal. Yeah, they were teammates at Oregon State. So yeah, those yeah. guys have worked out great. Yep, they've been phenomenal. Pack twelve, baby. All right, the uh, the last in- individual I'm gonna ask about tonight. There's a bunch of them. Like it's a, it's an interesting pool in twelve teamers, but I have to get the opinion of one Mike Curlin on Chris oh, Bubich. Great. Bubich, everybody picked up in 108 leagues as high as 137, as low as a dollar. Uh, he's looked really good in both starts. Slice and dice the Giants in his last outing. Um, I've seen some very smart pitching people just talk about his um, mechanics, his pitch mix. Like there's a lot of things that stand out. What are you seeing when you dig in and are you buying into this? Because the hardest thing for me is we like with a lot of these Royals young pitchers, you hear all the pedigree coming through the minors, like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. He comes up and just completely destroys your team. He's done it a few times. So it's like, I need to see more of this. And it's going to be too late because by then he'll be gone everywhere. So how are you looking at Chris Bubich? So I look at Bubich like, um, like I, I feel like he's a little bit of a lottery ticket in deeper formats. I was a little aggressive on him. I got him for a nice, very nice bit of sixty nine, even. Nice. Uh, in my mate, because I'm a I'm a giant child. Of course, I had to bid that, and I won, so I'm happy. But um, because I had the he, the fact that his name is Boobich, and yep. so it kind of just hey, the just immaturity, a little, a, little, a little secret. You want immaturity? Um, myself and Joe Pisapia, we were doing a DFS show the first year Bubich came up, and we didn't know how to pronounce his name because he just got called up. And it turned into about a 30 to 45 second Chris booby booby bob booby bobich boobich booby like it was just like two year olds on, on the microphone. <laughs> we got we got paid for that. So yeah, pretty fun stuff. That's always fun. Hey, yeah. if you can get paid to be I mean, I do it for free. So yeah, <laughs> if I can get paid to be a fool, it's great. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I, it's one of those things where I'm looking at them. And again, it goes back to you see guys like uh, Lance, uh, I see Lance notes. I'm trying to remember his last name. Smarter, way smarter dude than me when it comes to pitching. I can't uh, Lance Brozdowski. That's Thank how I learned Brozdowski. about the Bubich thing. Um, a couple of things. First off, I want to shout out Lance. Uh, I, I remember Lance when he first started like, like basically doing any content period for fantasy and regular baseball. 
guy was always been a genius. Um, if you go way back in the archives of this show, he's been on a couple of times. But um, now he's like on the marquee network for the Cubs. He was in the yeah. booth tonight. They have a special, like, it's their version of like a stat cast show on the side. He was doing that. He did some spring training games. And I know where Curlin's going. Like, I have my alerts on because he's every morning tweets out like kind of things on starting starting pitchers. And I'm not a starting pitching guy, but I'm trying. Like, that's one of my weaknesses I've said forever. I'm trying to learn it. His little nuggets help a ton. So sorry if I took your thunder, but where were you going with that? Yeah. Oh, exactly where I was going with it. Like, that's where I kind of like, Almost, it opened my eyes to him in a big it way. It was it was one of those things where he's kind of like an authority compared to like me. Like that's and that's kind of why I started doing these savant breakdowns because like I know what, what's there, I know what things mean, but I never took the effort or time to put it in and learn it myself. So I, I made a point to this offseason and more so monitor it. I learned it. it just monitoring it was a thing for me. So but yeah, so I, I saw his I saw his take on it. I'm like, oh. Okay, so I did, you know, I start digging. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. I mean, not only is he right, obviously, but it was like one of those things where it's okay, it's eye opening. But then I believe, and then there was an article that discussed how Bubich was like, like he made all these changes in the off season, and I think was it Kev of all people that like I I hate to give Kev, Kev any credit because it's Kev, but um <laughs> at Rotosurgeon, but I think it was yeah, him he, that he, he won't be listening. No, it's fine. No, I just like to give him a hard time. But I think it was him. I saw him tweet, and I must have missed this, but they have a couple of Rays guys in their front office now or in their development team or something. That would make sense if that's the case. And if that's true, I forgot what he – I was excited. You know, stuff like that matters in the offseason. That's why I was telling you I need to make sure I fo- – I need to just follow everything in the offseason because I feel like something like that, we wouldn't have overlooked that. That would have actually yep. kept our eyes on a guy like this because, like, wait, they got a couple of Rays guys in their organization now? Wait, they're pitchers? And they have these high-prospect pitchers? Maybe there's a thing because you, you, you know Brad Keller's getting hyped too. Brad Keller's another name that's kind of picking up steam for them just because he's he's making some interesting changes. If you want to call it. like I think in the I think for the writer for the Patreon, I'm like Brad Keller is interesting. Dot 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 question mark. Like like because like there was some stuff there. Like I think he's doing some new stuff too. So I'm like, huh, they're doing something there. And in, in KC, I'm not saying it's gonna be great or fantastic or anything, but what it is doing is open my eyes. So yeah, I saw and then again it goes back to. Lance's notes and all that. I'm like, all right, I'm going to trust in that more so than anything. And obviously I can go back and I could look at it myself, but I'm like, he's had, I think he had a pretty soft matchup last week too. If memory serves this week against the Braves is going to be a good matchup. No, he faced Toronto his first start. It was, it was the first start, but the second start, he had an easy one. So it was he like the Giants. He crushed the Giants. Yeah. And the problem with the Giants is they've been very literally home run or bust. Like they've been selling yeah, out. For I call them Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. Like it's, it's all or nothing with them right now. And uh, that's the thing. So I'm like, so it's one of those things where it's a small sample. You get you get a team seeing a brand new version of you the first time of the year. Yeah, that that's you know that's not really fair. The Blue Jays didn't have a chance to adjust yet. Teams are going to start adjusting. That's this is where it gets interesting. This third start against a, a team that's hot like the Braves. If he can go in there and even give up like six innings, three earned runs, I'm in, I'm even that much more in. So he's a guy that like you can't wait and see with how fantasy is these days in most leagues. So he's a guy that I definitely went out of my way to make sure to, to acquire because I think in a deeper format, he has the potential to be at least difference-making in the fact that he could be good in all categories but wins and really give you a boost off the bench. Meanwhile, in shallower formats, he could be a guy that you pick up the stream, realize, oh, he's really good. Now you're streaming him off your bench for, for matchups or two starts. And he has a potential to be a, like a, plug, a, a guy that you're kind of like set and forget type. And I think it's hard, it's, it's hard to identify those guys this early, but I think Bubich has that type of potential. But at the end of the day, it's still a Royals pitcher, and I'm always skeptical. <laughs> yeah, that was my problem. Like, I, it could happen, but as a combination, we got him. Like, we got him in our uh, in our little well, league. In our, we did in our, yeah, in our OCQ, that's fine. But 
like in my OC. I know. Like I'm sitting there, it's like you've seen the bids vary too. Yeah, they vary a ton, so that's the fun. Speaking of bids, let's recap our fab from week two before we get into some listener questions here. So if you got yours up, the floor is yours. If not, I'm ready to rock and roll if uh, you need me to. So let me know, my friend. I'm pulling them up. Here we go. Perfect. I got them. <laughs> so uh, I, do I, you want me? I, well, here, I'll no. start. I'll do my, I, I had, so I have, one, I have one fab league. It's my main event. I purposely made it that way this year. I was not doing any any other fab league because I wanted to give my, all my effort to a main event this year. And my first pick, big pick was 69 to 58. So it was a decent bid. It was my Chris Bubich pick, which we talked about. So you can go next. I don't need to elaborate anymore on that. Nice. You have one pick. That's it. No, I have multiple. Oh, you want me to go? No, I go wasn't sure we were alternating. Okay. No, go through all of them. Go the second one was Braxton Garrett. Um, dropped Cutter Crawford. Cutter Crawford gave me a decent finish. That two step started off bad, but uh, twenty nine to twenty. That's into Triple A, so that worked out pretty I, well I, for you. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did overbid twenty nine to eight because in in a fifteen teamer, I look at Braxton Garrett and I'll just discuss it real quick. I think we saw last year kind of that floor. He's kind of that solid back into irritation type. A guy you plug in. I'm actually I actually streamed him this week over Bubich. <laughs> and I actually spent more on Bubich. I have Bubich on my bench because of the, the Braves matchup scares me. So I put Braxton Garrett in because I know he's going to make at least one more start. But my big thing, the reason why I went a little more aggressive on him is I do think he's going to stick to this lineup because I do think um, if somebody gets sent down, it's going to be Cabrera, especially if Cabrera goes, I think he's pitching tomorrow. If he goes out tomorrow and walks the yard again, there's no reason why they're going to keep him up. He has been so bad with the control, hasn't been able to get anything going. Garrett was fighting with him and Trevor Rogers for a final spot. Now Garrett and and um, and Cabrera have one option left each. So one of them's getting an option and going to probably stay down for a little bit. And I think the safer option would be to you know get get Cabrera more reps in the minors. That's this is my two cents on the situation. So that's I'm, why I'm Garrett. A big, I'm a big Garrett fan. I know Bloomfield is like we've talked we've preached about him. Yeah, if he's you just want to talk safe. about yeah, if you just want to talk about better pitcher for now, it's it should be Garrett on paper. Yeah, I just want—I just don't know how the Marlins are going to treat it because again, Cabrera—it's more so if Cabrera shows the if Cabrera comes goes out tomorrow and doesn't walk everyone, I think then there's more of a discussion. But if Garrett goes, if the Garrett, if Cabrera goes out tomorrow and walks five again or walks four, has really bad control, I think there's a really strong chance he's the one that gets sent down when when Cueto returns. Which I don't know why Cueto's getting in the way of any of these guys pitching, but. I don't make these decisions as much as I wish I did. And then um, one guy I specced on, I was a little aggressive, and I think I got scared. So I, I, I a little bit of wasted fab here. Don't do what I did. Uh, Tre- Trevor Stefan, I believe it is how you pronounce it, Stefan, yeah. for the for the Guardians. And a lot of it goes back to even though what's his face, um, Emmanuel Classe looked really good the other night. His velo was still down. The fact his velo is down like one to two miles per hour most nights. I think a couple nights it's now now the weather could be playing a part in this. But we're talking the velo down one to two plus miles per hour across the board for Class A. We're talking about bad control, and this was after starting the year. The first night, I think, first night or the second night he started, he pitched. Class A had really good velocity and really good stuff, and then from there it was like three straight starts, like two straight starts of like really bad velo and, and got his velo back up a little bit. And then velo boom back down, really bad control. I'm like, so I took a shot. Uh, I think I'm gonna end up dropping him this week, but 19 to five. So I really over. Like, that's where it's like oh, I shouldn't have been that high, but I really wanted to get that spec. But you know, Estevez got saved tonight, made me feel a little happier because uh, I have Estevez on this team. Uh, Jake Rogers swapped out, and the last two were uh, Jake. I, I swapped out Jake Rogers for Campisano. Needed a catcher against more play appearances, and uh, Connor Capel because Seth Brown went down with an injury that day, and now it sounds like it's a grade two oblique. So Capel's gonna get some run on the strong side of a platoon. 
a little bit of batting average, a little bit of a uh, speed there. And he stole base for me tonight. So I started him this week for the over, over, uh, who did I start him over? Nick Gordon. The matchups for Capel were actually better on paper. Uh, dropped Will Benson, of all people. A guy who was like, I big upside guy I took. So those are my, those are my ad drops for the week. I, I like him. It. I'm happy with him. Yeah, I like it. Great loss. It's a 15-teamer, the by the way, for people main, who are interested. Main event. Um, I go through my three OCs as always. First off, in my first OC league, I didn't add him, but Mitch Keller went for $121. Runner up a 31. They really wanted that two step, but he's well, actually looked decent. Well, it looked yeah. good. Too. I was like, looked yeah, good I was like, he looked pretty good, though. So I'm going to let that one slide for now. But uh, I like him. I just wouldn't have spent that kind of money. Um, so my ads, I added Kyle Gibson. I dropped Sir Anthony Dominguez because I'm just pretty sure I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia. Um, but a 12 team, I'll take the chance there. Kyle, and is it, I don't, Curly, I don't know if you listened last week, but um, I think I had all of my bids go unopposed last week in all three leagues. This is 12s in a nutshell for you. Um, so Kyle Gibson drops for Anthony $13, no opposition bid. Um, I added Dre Jamison because I'm a huge Dre, I believer in Jay Jamison. I hope he gets a run here. Um, drop Jared Schuster because he stinks. Uh, 12 to zero, no runner up. And then I added Alec Burleson because of the Coors start to the week with Newt Bar out until at least the second half of the week, if not the whole week. Drop Dylan Dodd, um, $9, $4 runner-up bid. So I got one runner-up bid in that deal, but again, not breaking the bank. Uh, OC2, we had uh, Andrew Chafin went for 122 in this league, which might actually pay off the way things are going. So Didn't he, he that, just got a save the other night? He's right? got a second Is save, it? yeah. That, that one can be good. So in this league, I got Alec Burleson, drop Brandon Belt, $9, no opposed. Added Jose Alvarado, dropped Johan Oviedo, who I only wanted for the two-step, $7 winning bid opposed to $5. So people did like Alvarado. And then I got David VR, dropped Jared Schuster, $6, no backup bid. Uh, I told you, I, I practice what I preach with VR, folks. I'm a big fan of what we got going there. And then in OC3, Alec Burleson, this one was fun, dropped Abby Garcia, which hurt to do. But in a 12-team, he's a drop. Um $16, $15 runner-up bid, so that one was nice. Very nice. Uh, David VR dropped Danny Jimenez, 13-0, to because I really needed a third baseman, so I went uh, – and he wasn't even my first option, so that's where we went there. Um, yeah, that's about it. No one really probably cares about my Barf League or my other leagues, but I got Alec Burleson pretty much everywhere, let's just put it that way. That, that was kind of the, the gist of the situation, and he's a guy that I have zero problem dropping next week. That's the beauty of it. That's why I didn't break the bank, came to the team, did our damage, we go home. That's the beauty of uh, streaming certain positions. Now I gotta right. ask you about twelves real quick. I know, I, yeah. I know, we're running long. I apologize, no, little, but I'm curious. First off, why do you prefer? I, I was actually, I actually wrote this on the sheet and I took it off because I wanted to just get your honest opinion real quick. I don't want you to prep. Why? Why do you prefer twelves? Will be the first question. Oh, it's a combination of I like to have fun when I play fantasy baseball, <laughs> and so I like to have <laughs> I like to have options available on the waiver wire when i'm going to make moves type thing because that does not exist at a 15 um that's not true we have jose barrero yeah i rest my case um <laughs> i also like to uh, the, the other part of the fun factor is um i like having a team that looks looks like it can compete instead of like oh god can jose barrero actually do this for us type situation Hey, um, you don't want to start Connor Capel and, and every time you see stolen base, it's like, oh, so rewarding. Come on. Like in a 15, if if you get if you had O'Neill Cruz in a 15, it oh, crushes yeah. your team, crushes your team, like destroys not, your team. Not when a Whereas third of the, the teams 12, lost their shortstops. Yeah. Well, true. But in a, in a 12, <laughs> you can work around it type situation. Where in a 15, you're just gutted. And that makes it challenging. Um, 
some people might just say I'm being lazy. That's an option too. I just like to have fun. I like to be able to make moves and like feel comfortable instead of just like dirty about it. Like I just want to enjoy fantasy baseball without having to like, you know, I've I've done stuff with Toby for so long and hearing the amount of work and time he puts in, and I'm seeing what you're doing with yours, and you just have <laughs> one league. He had like way yeah. too many. Um, I don't have that time. I just don't right now. So 12s works a lot better for my wheelhouse. Oh, I, I, it's all, it's all good. It's all about preference. I'm not here to judge you for being yeah, no, lazy. I mean, no. for your preference, but uh, <laughs> no, right. but uh, in all seriousness, I was just curious because I don't think I've ever had this discussion with you because it's, it's all, it's, I, I see for me, it's the other way around. I enjoy the 15s because I look at them as a challenging aspect to try to find, make, get the, the those diamonds out of the rough. You, you want to outgrind, you want to outgrind the others to win. Well, because I'm putting all this work into the content, yeah, I realized I, I realized why am I not taking advantage of what I feel like should be a strength. That's why I, I went pitching heavy. That's why I continued to uh, to fad pitching aggressively and picking up a six dollar unimposed Connor Capital. And I, I'm stressing that because obviously that's not a great name as much as I like him. Like, well, Brennan went for eight dollars unimposed. I wish I, I wish I actually was more aggressive on Will Brennan. I didn't quite buy the playing time yet. So I, me being the playing time guy, I missed out on a guy that I actually like more. I like Will Brennan more than Capital. And I just I missed out because I didn't quite buy it at, on Sunday night, and now I'm realizing maybe I should have bought it. But yeah, so it's one of those things where I enjoy this this game. I enjoy these little like, all right, cool. This is uh, this is happening, and uh, yeah, like yeah, it's it's to each their own. That's yeah. I guess the, I guess the bottom line, like I've always said forever, and like the ITL boys, Bogman and Welsh are great at it. This is supposed to be fun. So pick whichever format is fun for you. Yeah. Like whatever you want. So yeah, that's, no, I agree. No, that, that's I why just... I like, no, I, it's a great question. And it's, it's why I like 12s. And that's why I like talking with people that do 15s because it brings a whole the different angles to the, to the, to the table. And, and then you have Simeon who's just lazy. You so get, yeah, okay. that's what that is. I, you, you give me it, but that 12 team where we do have, cause we have, we, we had fun for the, for the, I keep mentioning a league between me and Bubba, but it's me, Bubba, George and Simeon all, we all drafted together and it's, it's starting off well, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's an OCQ. So it's OC qualifier. So it's a 12 team league. And I'm over here every Sunday with like serious anxiety. Don't let him, don't feel sorry Huge for him first. This was, we didn't sign up for it until he said he would run the fab. That was part of the deal. And he's already hating it after two weeks. I, I don't mind running the fab. I get anxiety because there's so many good options out there. And then yeah. I told you, I, I overvalue players that I shouldn't have. I value players that I shouldn't value in 12. That's my issue. So I have a hard time separating the two. So because I have a hard time separating the two, I don't want to play the two. And now that I don't want to play them, I'm enjoying it. But it's just, I'm over here like, why is this guy only $10 here? Why is it? But but wait, I see the OC bids and I realize that there's no rhyme or reason. You just have to kind of watch your league and just wing it. Gap. Just wing it. It's ridiculous. The wild, wild west is what I call it. It is. It is it's, like it's amazing. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. Majority of the time, sometimes sure you could probably make a good argument for, him, but most of the time, like Mitch Keller, I love the guy. Like I draft him in, in deeper leagues, but 121 dollars from it. Like, are we really doing this? Like, who was the guy? Was it Miles Straw? I said went for 437. Like, what are we doing, yeah. people? Like, come on, you can have him at 437. Knock yourself out. But then. If he, if he's smart with his fab, he'll he can get like a, a he can go like one dollar players all the way through and probably get really good streaming options the rest of the oh, you season. You can make it work one dollars, sure. which is yeah. wild. Which is what which is so wild to me. I, I enjoy that aspect of it, but it blows my mind. And I, again, just the idea of it. Look, you see me getting worked up because it gives me anxiety. It gives me legitimate anxiety to sit there and manage a twelve teamer. That's why I'm like, how do you do this? How do you do this and enjoy it? There's nothing enjoyable about this. I oh, overthink everything. It's I overthink fun. everything in general. And now you're giving That's me more part options. Of the problem. Yeah. Well, and now you're giving me more options. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. 
right. a couple listener questions before we head on out of here. Dave Petroziella, regular listener of the show, and good enough PC player in his own right. Uh, with all the Bubich hype and to a lesser extent Ashcraft, my boy Oviedo has kind of slipped under the radar. Do we have a bit of decent sleeper with him? I think we kind of both think so. I kind of already regret dropping him, but it was a 12-team situation where I could probably go get him for cheap again next week or whatever. But, you know, you're a deeper format guy. He Dave plays 12s and 15s. Um, what do you, what's your thoughts on Oviedo, like, long-term, I guess? I view him with a little bit more ceiling than a – than a Braxton Garrett, but I feel like he's kind of in that conversation of just that back end of your rotation type of guy with a little more upside to be better, maybe SP4 for you, SP5. Because SP4, SP5 is actually a good starting pitcher in a 15. Uh, but uh, he's – Oviedo's just – I'm not sure. Like It's just – it's also the, the team context, right? So Oviedo playing for the Pirates, you're not getting a whole lot of uh, wins there, and that's kind of a big deal for fantasy. The ballpark should play to his, should play to his strengths, though, so it helps him. And again, we mentioned some changes in the pitch mix, but I don't know. I mean, there's also there's a path for like right now he's a 318 ERA, but he can easily be a four ERA guy and not and he's not striking out a whole lot of guys. He's never been a big strikeout guy outside of a few flashes here and there. I think he I think Braxton Garrett is a fair comp in terms of like expectations, bad team context. Uh can he's not a negative in ratios and he's not a strength in strikeouts. Like it's not a bad guy. I think there's maybe more upside for strikeouts than I give him credit for. But I don't know. I, I think he's just kind of solid, safe in those deeper formats. He actually went un. He didn't get picked up in our in our league uh, last week. Twelve teamers, so, baby. You're welcome. No, our league, or I meant, I meant sorry, our league and 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 my main event. I don't think yeah, he didn't get. I think he's still available. Which again, he could be, now he becomes more intriguing when a guy like Woodruff goes down, and I'm yeah. over here like, oh, do I need a pitcher? He's a, he, he could be a fill-in for sure. And that's what I'm getting. And he's very matchup dependent. That's why he's like he's in that streamer category. I think for both formats. I think the only difference is in a 15, you want to, you would try to stream him from your bench because there is a little room, there's a little potential for popping. And that type of stuff will keep a player on your bench longer than a 12, where like what you did dropping him makes sense. I get there's a I get there's upside, but I don't know if there's gonna be enough upside for staying power in 12s. Yeah, he's a guy that in 12s, there's a lot of guys you'll see you could add drop throughout the entire season, yeah. and it works out. Like, you literally have the roster spot for, like, four guys. You just rotate around and see what happens, and he's one of those for now. Maybe I'll regret it, but for now, I'm, I'm totally totally cool with it. Yeah. Um, next question we have here is from at John Russell 215 Brent Honeywell, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Ronaldo Lopez, who has the best end-of-season numbers and saves holds leagues. I would have told you this before the season started. It's Ronaldo Lopez. Yep, I don't think there's much uh, debate there between the two of us. Yeah, the dude's the dude's pretty legit, and yeah, I would go that route. Now, and then I'd have Sir Anthony over Honeywell, as great as the story as Honeywell is, but that's kind of where I sit on that one. Well, I want to root for Honeywell, so I'm going to say Honeywell, just because I've I've been chasing that dream for like three years in DCs, and he always ends up with a season injury, it's a season ending injury. So the one year I have like none, I think I have one share. He's going to pitch all year and be an amazing middle reliever, and uh, yeah. Uh, the sack at stick and ball zero says guesses on when uh, Brendan <laughs> fought is up. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's Dre Jamerson season for now, but maybe I, a month. It just depends on when the next injury comes down, I guess. I wonder when his super two date is or wherever that is. Um, I've seen some dates like in early June for a lot of guys. So I could see that being the, like the, the worst case scenario, but I feel like a may call up makes too much sense for him. Like, what else is it? As long as he keeps performing, of course. I know he had a kind of a rough first outing. Second outing was better, but Zach Davies is down. You have uh, 
Mad Bum, who's just terrible. He needs he <laughs> needs to get taken out back. That's what he, he needs. If you're a Yellowstone <laughs> fan, he needs to go take a ride on the train. That's what he needs. Taken out back. I knew I, I caught that first reference. I, I actually need to watch Yellowstone. My wife and I have it on the to do list. Uh, but so good. It's, it's baseball season, and uh, oh yeah, I barely... no, you don't get much done right now. No, no, you're, you're no. Done. <laughs> I mean, I might get divorced out of it. I mean, what? <laughs> Seriously, call me. Like, oh. um, <laughs> I said, call me. Um, oh, okay. you, might know, <laughs> you might know someone can help me. Yeah. Uh, we got one last question here at Dap Scout. This is a fun one because he's tweeted this out to us about an hour before the Woodruff news came down. Um, Since I have great luck at jinxing whoever I pick up, which player should I target to ruin it for the rest of the season? <laughs> yeah, so I gave him as i said i blame him for woodruff because i figured you know if he could probably trade for woodruff or something well too late now so now we gotta give him a player let's see uh who's a player i have none of that everyone really likes um i mean who can he add? i'm trying to think are we talking trade here or add no cease there you go i have no don't cease so if you want to go for don't cease or how about let's 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 go garrett cole okay i had too much garrett cole yeah i wouldn't do that to myself i'm not Sandy here's the contra well, he, he already Sandy, Sandy already made enemies today. So, and uh, plus, I'm a fan. Jesus Lazardo is the true ace of that team anyway. That's, that's yep. Just, <laughs> yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna live by that one. I love Lazardo. Yeah. No, there's there's a lot of them. I just don't want to wish ill will because yeah. we've we've avoided a lot of injuries so far. And um, if we start picking the next guy, then our team's about to get destroyed. It's just how karma works. So I'm gonna stay yeah. away from that one. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. But. We're going to wrap it up there, my friend. So uh, any final thoughts as we're uh, in our second full week of baseball, you're grinding your butt off with all kinds of cool savant and uh, other content for like the daily folks. Uh, what's, what do you got? So you mentioned uh, the, the, the lineup analysis, the savant recaps, which we're catching a lot of fun, fun things to monitor entering the first month of the season and all that. Um, but also this weekly, uh, the weekly hitter chart just kind of got back on track and it's, we, we actually added, I, I, I was supposed to look at it today. I completely forgot. We added a bullpen section now. So now it has the updates. Those sort of shows you the weekly streamers in terms of like lefties and righties matchups, who like the actual pitchers that, that they're facing in those matchups for every team. And then the next tab shows the pitchers last three starts and overall stuff numbers, stuff location and uh, pitching, pitching plus numbers. For every single pitcher, so it'll show, for instance, like if you look at Baltimore, they're facing six righties and a lefty. It'll show you the names of all of them on page one and all the lefty-righty matchups for the, for Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday. So if you play NFBC or weekly, you'll have all that information in one spot. And then the next tab will show you – it'll say Baltimore again. It'll show you the pitchers are facing again with all those stats I just mentioned. Last three – like it has like I think Woba. Um, I'm trying to remember the other ones, and then and then the the pitching plus stuff numbers, plus numbers, all that good stuff. And then now there's a third tab we added that tracks bullpen stats for the last uh, like three weeks or two weeks. So now you're getting all of it. You're getting literally all this information in one spot now. And I'm really excited for this chart because I actually yeah. used it. That's what that guided some of my uh, my own decisions this week too. So it's something it's fun that I, I. And then of course part of it is I I at the beginning of the week I do my own notes. So all the all that playing time analysis I put into it, I. Uh, I pretty much take it and put it all into like one little spot. Like, Hey, so these are the trends and look at the matchups and we put all of it together. Hey, these guys are playing good. These are, they have like three righties, four lefties. You might want to sit these guys, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of just gives you an outline. I do all the, I do all, I do all the heavy lifting with that chart. And that's kind of a, uh, I know I'm long winded on this. It's supposed to be the way out, but I feel like I haven't promoted that chart enough and I'm really excited for it. 
well, I'm really excited for it, but at the same time, I just haven't had time to promote it. But it's a really, yeah, it's a yeah. really awesome, it's a really awesome project. And luckily, we have a guy that we brought aboard to help us with these things. So it's automated. Yeah, it's so that's what awesome. keeps it going. <laughs> it's awesome. It's uh, it helps yours, yours. It helps uh, Simeon's SP. Uh, it's going to help yours. Start. It's gonna help mine. We have a bunch of cool things in mind for like this. Sure. Like it's, it if if everything goes as our vision is, and we always like to shoot a little higher than reality at times, it's gonna make things go to a whole new level, which is really exciting to just think about um, with with GTE. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's where that's like the main thing is like I forgot. I'm like that's kind of a big deal. We do that 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 chart. I'm really excited about. But then also like I mentioned, uh, honestly, if you just follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin for those who are still listening you'll see like I tweet so much of this stuff out anyway. Like a lot, of, I, I give a lot of little free snippets. It's not like everything's behind a paywall. I tweet a bunch of information out all the time. So it's like, yeah, sure. Majority of my content's behind a paywall. So I'm not gonna lie and act like it's not, but there's a vast, there's a lot. I just tweet out because I can't not like, I just want to like, Hey, here's more information. Here's more information. Some of it's useless. Hey, here's a random tweet about a player that like with a really cool pitch. And here's my dog. Like what? Anyway, I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired. I'm rambling. So there we go. And we'll wrap it up there. Curlin always brings the fun and the great information. Always love chatting with him. You'll we'll probably hear from him more often this season, just because we tend to share similar schedules. So it works out really, really well. Uh, make sure you check out Curlin on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin, as he mentioned. His uh, he works at the Athletic, but more importantly at GTE Fantasy over on the Patreon. So go check that out. He's grinding his ass off. And uh, I've watched him develop into quite the player with his analysis and gameplay. So it's been fun to see. So I recommend uh, if you're for some reason not checking him out, make sure you do. But uh, we'll wrap it up there. This was Bench with Bubba, episode 582, your week two fab recap with the one, the only, Mike Curlin. Catch you guys next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.